Welcome to the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. It is November 20th when we're recording this, and we are doing a different episode today, taking a quick break from the Jesus Freak season, um, because something really tragic happened last night. There was a shooting in Colorado Springs, Colorado, at a gay nightclub, and we felt like it was important to have an extra episode about it, in part because this podcast started off talking about Focus on the Family, which Mm -hmm. is located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and just wanting to process a little bit. We're coming out of white evangelicalism, which has been violent and oppressive to queer folks. Mm -hmm. And when we see violence like this, to me, it's just like, yeah, this is where this ideology leads. And so we wanted to talk a bit about that today. Um, And it just felt important. You may remember a few years ago, we did a whole series on an Adventures in Odyssey season that was all about um, family values and uh, whether or not people are queer affirming, um, those sorts of things. And so it just felt like it was really close to home in that way. Yeah. And so... Yeah, at this point, we don't know, you know, a ton about the shooter, except he's young um, and like 22 and alive. So I mean, that means he was white, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in in custody. But like people saying like, well, we don't know if this was like a hate crime. It's like, obviously it was. It was at a gay nightclub, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like targeting gay people in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and and anybody who is familiar with Focus on the Family and Adventures in Odyssey, the name Colorado Springs, Colorado, right, is really evocative, right? Yes, it is. Because if you grew up like me listening to Adventures in Odyssey, that was part of the address that they always listed at the end of the episode. And, And in many ways, like, we haven't dived fully as deep as I would like to odyssey this like fictional town that focused on the family created as like the small town this paragon of virtue with mr whitaker um you know standing in for james dobson i guess right colorado springs has sort of become the surrogate odyssey in many ways right with there is a wit's end in colorado springs yeah and they uh yeah they have a visitor center and all that jazz but even more than that they have also gotten involved in local politics but um it's it's not so much the local politics right that we want to talk about but it's it's the national politics and how you know folks on the family headed by Dr. Dobson has always existed to basically be a political uh organization that moves and shifts politics without um, people like Dobson having to run for office, they still are able to exert a ton of control and to shape American politics and not just politics, but like the national conversation. Um, and it's always been extremely violent against queer people. Let's get that straight. But we have seen like various upticks in the rhetoric, anti-LGBTQ a rhetoric and uh you know we are in a a season right now where it's really 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 ramped up and um you know causing conservative christians to view queer people as their absolute enemy i mean that is what these organizations have done for a long time and and it's just been really ramped up and i've been really devastated to see a lot of the rhetoric has been focused on trans kids i was like 
the ultimate battleground and and they're just using real people's lives as as pawns to get people to vote to be afraid enough to vote for republicans i Mm -hmm. guess i I just it's really hard to wrap my mind around but yeah there's there's five people were killed last night at the q night club in um colorado springs there's 25 people wounded so this is like a really heavy um you know, thing we're recording right now, but it's just like, we just feel like we need to do it. We need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about it. So this yeah. is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. We don't know. We know very little about the suspect. Um, and so um, to tie a link between focus on the family and the shooting um, maybe feels like too far of a stretch, but it is not. No. And that is, you, you said something about uh, queer people being enemies. I was mm-hmm. thinking about it this morning. And what it is, is this theology says that being gay is being at odds with God. Mm-hmm. And if that is true, then there is so much that you are allowed and compelled to do to be against, uh, you know, queer people. I mean, being gay is one example, right? But it's like this... Like, I think about that phrase, God's plan for marriage or God's plan for sexuality mm-hmm. is a is a violent statement because Christians have used force, claim that they are on God's side mm-hmm. um, to to play out their values and like to put those values on others. Um, and it leads to things like this, where it's like violence is allowed because you are against God. Yeah, I mean, if people don't see the connection, I, I don't know what else to say to you, but I want to just take like a step back and say, I've been wanting for a long time to do a podcast where I read every single one of the books Dr. Jobson has published and just critique the hell out of them, right? Mm-hmm. But he's published like 35 plus books. So so that's a lot, okay? We have a few here. I have not, I have not read most of them, but... The, the the gist you can get from Dobson and focus on the family in general is okay if I just kind of go into this big picture yes, overview uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Because I think in the 80s, uh, he didn't talk a ton about homosexuality. He always was big on saying like he went to school to become a psychologist in Los Angeles in, the, in, the ni- in 1965 when like the Watts riots happened and that really impacted him. Obviously, he didn't get the memo that the Watts riots were about ending police brutality against black people and, you know, getting, mm-hmm. you know, ending discrimination, racial dis- discrimination when it came to housing, policing, school, all that stuff. Instead, he was like, oh, the 60s are so terrifying and everybody's doing drugs and everybody's getting promiscuous and there's all this racial strife. Again, he never names mm-hmm. what it was about. So, and so he just like that cemented him in being like, we need traditional family values by, by which he meant like white police loving heteronormative, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so he ended up and and traditional family values that were very much a, a product of his time, not reflective of even say like 50 years before him. But anyway, yeah. So, so he, what, I mean, from the beginning, I guess he did go to things like school boards and tell them, you know, you need to, be more conservative or whatever like that but he didn't talk uh, how we talked about homosexuality right in the 80s was more it was more like this and this is all horrible trigger warnings Mm -hmm. up the wazoo for all this stuff going forward right um was basically like 
oh, you know, well, if you're gay, you're probably going to get AIDS and die, right? Mm Because sin has consequences. Disobedient God has consequences. It's like a big mantra of conservatives, right? Is sin has consequences. Don't be disobedient. And and they did that with their kids, right? And then they did that with these cultural issues. And so it's a really uh, neat framework for them to say, if something bad happens to you, it's just because of sin. And so they didn't focus on it a ton. In the 90s is when they started to focus a lot on homosexuality and then and then we enter this awful conversion therapy phase right and so all these like folks on the family is really saying like people choose to be gay you can be healed from being gay you can be delivered from being gay they invested in all these ex-gay ministries they invested in conversion therapy and and you know finally our society is beginning to grapple with like how abusive and awful that is how it does kill people it's just and it doesn't work mm-hmm. so the, but they tried it for like what 15, 20 years. And and then all of that has literally crumbled in the past few decades. And and most of the ex-gay people have now come out and say, it didn't work. I was, I've, I'm still gay, you know, mm-hmm. even though they tried for so long. And like so the leaders of those ministries. Oh yeah. 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 Which you, and, you and a lot of them know. are now like married in queer relationships and all that stuff. But that was kind of where they focus. And then, um, because Dr. Dobson's always been political, it really has taken a shift in in the past few decades even to focus on queer people getting rights is an erosion of Christian rights, right? And so it's, it's being framed as we will lose our rights mm-hmm. as people of faith if gay people are allowed to marry and then we have to like honor that marriage. And so, and so, so now we're still in that phase, right. Of like queer people getting rights and having those rights, you know, codified by law, um, is actually going to negatively impact churches. Like they might lose their tax exempt status, right. If they refuse to hire an openly gay person. And so, um, it's, it's, it's talked about in, in terms of rights and, and even that with like, trans rights they're really coming for like parents will lose their right over their kids if all of this gets put into law and and so that's that's the language that's being used and it's it's just really devastating to me that people getting basic human rights has been twisted and most conservative christians who who listen to focus on the family right will now see that as like such a threat to them mm-hmm. when really who's being threatened, who's being gunned down in nightclubs, right. right? And and people who listen to Focus will ever, ever engage with how how wrong their perspective is. Like they they will see themselves as a victim even after things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that during that Adventures in Odyssey season. There were these activists that threw black and pink paint on wit's end. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. Like, yeah, activists use paint or use protests. And like I want to say Christian nationalists use violence and mm-hmm. guns and force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's like so, so striking. Yeah. I mean, if you tell people... Gay people are coming for your rights. Gay people are coming for your rights. Trans people are coming for your rights. Like, what do you think people are going to do when you've been telling them for years and years and years, you must do everything in your power to protect yourself and your rights? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to be violent. We see so much violent rhetoric 
um, that, you know, this actually erupting into violence is, is sadly not a surprise. Like I've been devastated. I've been sobbing all morning. I've been filled with rage, but I'm not surprised. And I want to be, you know, I, I, but Mm -hmm. how could you not see this coming? And everybody listening to this right now, we have got to interrupt this rhetoric when we hear it, Mm -hmm. make your family so deeply uncomfortable this Thanksgiving. Christmas laughing. I'm very serious. Uh-huh. You're laughing because I'm really intense about this. I get it. But it's just I like, mean, I did my own interrupting oh, this morning. Yes. And here's the thing, guys. People like me, I think people expect me to be really intense, um, which I am. But we need you quiet, intense people too. All of you guys listening to this have some intensity in you. And, and, and I know you don't want to see queer people killed. And I know you don't want to see them dehumanized over and over again in the media, um, from your parents' mouth, from, you know, church people's mouth, like you quiet people. I know that you want to resist and you have so many avenues to do that. Um, Chrisman, can you say what you did today? Yes. So this one, so we used to go to Imago Day here in Portland uh, well-known church, uh, you know, Don Miller's church, Donald Miller's church. And, um, and we left, uh, because they were not affirming of queer people. And, um, and so a few years ago, but I'm was still part of the Facebook group <laughs> for yeah. the church. And uh-huh. so this morning I posted in that, in their Facebook group, I dropped a link to our new church, which is affirming and just said like, We've been there for like three years now. This is not really I, our new I've church. Been four or current, five I years. Know. Current church. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Um, our current church. And um and just said, like, hey, if you are shaken by this news and you want to worship at a place that affirms and celebrates LGBTQIA plus people, mm-hmm. come join us this morning at Cascade. Um, so basically just going into another church's Facebook group and being like, hey, don't go to this church come to our church instead if you are affirming of queer people um, but for, before you talk because I know you have some really good things to say um I was not you know I'm slowly working on my taking down Dr. Thompson thing and I've been on this kick for a while now uh, I don't have all the research I haven't done all the research so I, I want to encourage people and, and most of what I sort of said not all of it most of what I said just now uh, it comes from listening to uh, this podcast called Behind the Bastards and they have like a two-part series on Dr. Dobson focused on the family I would encourage people to listen to that um, I don't want it to seem like I'm stealing all their research I just really appreciate them I'm glad they put that out there and you guys should all Go listen. I have a few more things to say about Dr. Dobson, but I want you, Crispin, to have your turn. Yeah. And we'll talk in a minute about how some of the like moderate positions are not helpful. We're not going to just focus on Dr. Dobson. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about in a minute. But yeah, let's talk about Dobson first. Can I keep going? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's here's one thing I was thinking about. Um, He... First of all, in the Behind the Bastards podcast, they talk about like he was very successful in politics and it totally went to his head and he became obsessed with that. And that became his whole thing is being politically successful. And um, he was trained as a psychologist and ended up right like on tax code. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Like just to be clear about like what we're talking about is like, by the way, like. In 2019, focus on the family, their tax returns, you know, say they 
they made $99 million. $99 million? Yes. Oh, my god! I mean, they, and that's just that. I mean, they also have the family research and all this stuff, you know. They also are, uh, call themselves a church. Right, so they don't have to pay taxes on any of that. Uh-huh, which, which is related to Colorado Springs actually, like, running out of uh, enough money. This was years ago, but they yeah. ran out of money to keep the parks open. And the streetlights on. And the streetlights on, which would not have happened if Focus on the Family, who was getting all this money, was actually paying taxes, local tax. Local taxes. Right. Okay, back to you. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about was, uh, oh, here, let me ask you a question. First of all, my parents are really into focus on the family. Surprise, surprise. You know, I was raised fully in that world. How about you, Crispin? Yes, totally. Um, and when you grow up in that world, you're like, that. Yeah, this is how everybody's raised. Um, the thing is, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that is fascinating is Dr. Jobson is a psychologist. Now, as a general rule, does Focus on the Family want people going to therapy? No. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you can maybe go to like a Focus on the Family approved biblical counselor, mm-hmm. right? But the only psychologist they want you to listen to is Dr. Dobson. And I was like, and they're like handful of like, here's a video series from this psychologist. But, but that, you know what I mean? They're all exactly. so careful. So I was like, this is genius. Like the whole aim is to get people to distrust, right? Therapy and being in touch with yourself and all of these things. My parents really hate therapy you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm sure they blame all of our relational problems currently on the fact that i finally started a long-term therapeutic relationship like in the past year and and you know they're very proud of the fact that they don't go to therapy and don't need therapy because god alone heals them or whatever and and so i was just like this is genius level stuff like dr Mm -hmm. dobson being like don't ever go to therapy like the culture at large like will get you to care about these things and and then you'll just capitulate to culture and you know stand strong and and then only listen to me and i'm just like there's just something so insidious about that Mm -hmm. right discrediting every single person except himself and this select handful of people and yeah, this is really, to me, that just really stood out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's wild. It's a wild legacy. I mean, can you imagine being a therapist telling everybody, like, don't go to therapy? No. Only listen to me. Only listen to my advice on everything. Right. But, I mean, that's that's the, uh, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it. There and there are psychologists out there, even non-Christian ones. This is where psychology, I mean... Psychology has the potential, the psych, psychology as a field has such potential to be oppressive, and ha, we have been. Um, and so I think Dr. Dobson, in his own Christian way, was like, yeah, like, I can do this. Like, I can, because psychologists are allowed to say, this is what's normal mm-hmm. and this is what isn't. And he just ran, ran, ran with that. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I I was thinking about focus on the family, um, and and thinking about uh, okay. So so what stands out to me thinking about focus on the family is that they uh, you know have are really pushing for lots of policies that would take rights away from queer people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm thinking about this um, documentary that Grace Baldridge did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which uh, they perform under the name Semler, if you're familiar. Um, and so they did a series and they were talking about um, reparative therapy and being queer in the Christian church. And they went and interviewed Jackie Hill Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jackie Hill Perry wrote a book called uh, Gay Girl, Good God, mm-hmm. um, identifies as gay mm-hmm. and says, like, I'm gay, but I've submitted my sexuality to Jesus as my Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I'm in a heterosexual relationship. Uh, Grace in the interview says, like, do you know that people are using your story, um, to, like in oppressive ways, basically mm-hmm. to hurt to, to people. tell all queer people, you should do this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Jackie O'Pleary is like, I, I would never want that to happen. And like within this last year, partnered with focus on the family to do like a video series. Yeah. Jackie O'Pleary knows what she's doing. Right, exactly. And so I think that's a good example because I hear people say things like, oh, have you read Jackie Hill Perry? Or like, have you heard about these people that are like, it's, it's, uh, what's that, you know, the side, what, B position, but like, you can identify as gay. Right. Right. And we don't hate gay people. Yeah. We just want them to be healthy and we want them to be celibate. Can we talk about the two men I would like to take down who are squarely <laughs> in this fold? Yes. Who aren't even gay and yet believe that they get to be the experts on it. Yes. Well, let's. you guess. You guess who are the two white men, pastory types that are on my shit list. Uh, Preston Sprinkle, of yes. course. Uh-huh. Who's the other one? John Mark Comer. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. These men, I think they're worse than folks on family in some ways because they are really into like, no, we're the caring, compassionate ones. And we just have some concerns about mm-hmm. the trans community and like, and, and they're transphobic um, and homophobic in ways that conservative Christians who do feel a little weird about, you know, hate crimes, I guess, being like, oh, well, they make it okay for me. And this is literally what people have told me. And and people have even been like, I have a trans child and I love Preston Sprinkle. He's just so moderate and so measured. And I'm just like, no, he's not. He's anti-trans people. He thinks they're outside of God's will, Mm -hmm. um, does not believe their rights should be fought for, all this stuff. And John Mark Comer's the same way. And it's like, both of these And by the way, we should, I mean, you might know who John Mark Comer is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that John Mark Comer is local here. Um, So Imago Dei and Bridgetown are the two biggest, like, evangelical churches here. Um, so we know a lot of people that have been at Bridgetown or whatever. Um, yeah. And so it's a trend for these conservative people. Like, how are they able to make money and how are they able to publish books? Oh, we'll write about human sexuality as a straight mm-hmm. white man. And so both John Mark Comer and um, Preston Sprinkle, their most recent books are about this. And I have not read either of them. I read um, the one that Preston Sprinkle wrote about trans people. But it's just like you're getting money. You get paid to speak. You get paid to write. And you say things that cause queer people and trans people to hate themselves. And you encourage other people to hate them as well. Like these men need to sit down and shut up and give back all that money, like, mm-hmm. it is disgusting to me. Can There's we... so many other things they could be writing about. Why right. do you think they're writing about this, Chris? And why do you think they're writing books on sexuality right now? Because it gets them paid. Because mm-hmm. it adds to the culture war. Well, and I you know what the say, culture I, war does? I, it kills people. I think it's because 
it is actually the only distinct thing that they can find about their Christianity. Like, I think that, like... I think it gets them a paycheck. Yeah, I agree with and, that. And it all... I mean, I think it also has to do with, like, this idea of, like, oh, like, these stories are sad, but I'm really biblical. And there's a piece there. I'm so mad at them. I'm I, so mad. And I I'm want, so mad at Christian publishing. I mean, I, that's I, the real through line of this right. podcast is my incredible rage at Christian publishing and like Christian media in general. Because the thing about Dr. Dobson is he wasn't just a psychologist, right? He created and he wasn't just like somebody involved in politics. He also created a media empire that was both like radio and and publishing. So the magazines, they had the books, and they had the incredible popular radio show. So he's like, I mean, maybe he is kind of a genius because he that's he's just gotten his message out for decades in so many formats and into so many people's ears. And he's probably one of the most influential people in the United States that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. So it's true. Sorry I yelled at you about John R. Comer and Preston <laughs> I, I think it would be really helpful to slow slow it down. Uh, I'm not <laughs> saying you slow down. I'm saying like break it down a little bit because there might be folks that are listening that are like, yeah, I, I want to hear both sides or something like that. And the problem that we run into, if you hold this position of uh, being a you know compassionate conservative where you're saying... Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that shooting should happen at nightclubs. Um, but I think God has a design for marriage or like God made boys and girls. What you are perpetuating and what those authors are perpetuating, even though they're saying it's out of love, is this message of these are people that exist outside of God's plan. Mm -hmm. And that is devastating that is a devastating message to receive and that also like i, I mean I, I i said it at the outset but that message also allows focus on the family to raise money to support uh you know support laws that are going to oppress people um and it's all connected and um you know i think that i was thinking about this this morning i was thinking about because um, I got into some interchange you know, exchanges in that Facebook group and getting stuck on, uh, you know, a little bit about what does the Bible say? Is it okay to be gay or not? And, um, and what I think is so missing in these conversations is the, the, way that when when queer people are allowed to are given safe spaces where they can be themselves and they can be loved and they can belong and they can be also part of a faith community like the life that comes out of that is so beautiful the life that's there that they deserve and so I, th instead of getting caught up in like arguing about what does the Bible say, today I just felt this um, incredible sadness thinking about what is being missed out on, um, both by conservatives that choose to stay in homophobic churches um, and for people that grew up in religious spaces where they're told there's something broken about you. And 
my hope is um, is even thinking about the queer people that are really close to us um, in in our life um, that they would know how loved they are that they would um, that they would know that God delights in them that they can just be themselves that they can show up uh, because that is really beautiful and I think that is what God wants. That is what God wants. That yeah. is God's plan. Yeah. If you ask me. And to use phrases like God's plan for marriage or God's plan for sexuality draws these lines that pushes people out. Yeah. And, and you and I are coming at this from different places, which we've talked about before, you know, people, uh, cause I was, you know, while they out on Instagram since I deleted my Twitter and talking about this stuff because it is personal. It's personal to us as a family. It's and it shouldn't have to be personal for you to freak the freak out about death. Um and you know, people in in my messages are like, I wanna learn about how, you know, it's not heretical to be affirming. Um, do you have any books or whatever? And I just wanna be like, No. I don't, I don't think you should have to like study this. I don't think you should have to do that. What people need to be doing is they need to be looking at the history of biblicism within America. And nobody wants to read books about biblicism and the versification of the Bible and how that led to people cherry, cherry picking verses and using it to oppress people. You know, most notably the biggest example we see of this in American history, as Mark Knoll told us in a webinar and in his freaking huge book he wrote about the Bible called America's book. Um, you know, just thinking about how America was literally the only place in the entire world that used the Bible to justify chattel slavery. So the lifelong enslavement of a person based off of their, uh, you know, God ordained inferiority. Like, I'm sorry I'm saying these words out loud, but that's what it was. And he said, you know, throughout the world, people use the Bible, obviously, to keep people enslaved. Um, but, you know, and these other more culturally, you know, acceptable ways. And then it never did it happen with chattel slavery. The only country that took off in is the United States. And it's really hard not to read chapters like that and see about how we have the same exact problem when it comes to queer people and how the Bible is being used. Um, and, it, and it really comes down to biblicism. So that's what I guess what I encourage people. It's like, you have to look at the entire history of how the United States interacts with the Bible mm -hmm. really is like the most important thing because I just don't think gay people should be begging for you to care about if they should be alive or not. Like you should just care about that. And you should instead be curious about how the Dr. Dobson's came to be and how, you know, and how L being anti-LGBTQ got them political votes, mm -hmm. got them power and got them money. And you know what it's got gay people? Trauma, death, suffering. Like mm -hmm. it's so upsetting to me. I mean, here's a thought I had. You know, we started this whole podcast to nitpick Adventures in Honesty. Like, as a thought experiment, right, what would a gay club in Odyssey, which is like the pseudo Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, what would happen? In the whole season we talked about, you know, it was a pride parade that they, for 14 episodes, right, they freaked the freak out about a pride parade and eventually... 
didn't they get it changed and shut down? And it, mm-hmm. instead of being about tolerance, it's about family values. And, and like, mm-hmm. and even as we went through the season, we're like, yeah, the only thing that conservatives can imagine is them winning and them winning people over. And if they can't win them over, and I don't think it's any coincidence that this shooting happened like three days after, right, the Senate voted on the... Respect for Marriage Act, right? Is that what it is? What's mm-hmm. it called? Yeah, yeah, it so, is. Yeah. So giving gay people, hopefully the chance, like their rights to, to be married can't be taken away by a super conservative Supreme Court. And that passed, you know, three days ago, at least in the Senate. And, you know, the last email I got from Focus on the Family Crispin was Jim Daly telling everybody you need to be very upset and worried about this and call your senators. Like we don't want this to pass because then our rights will be taken away. Our rights as Christians to believe in God's, yeah, no, to believe in God's design for marriage. Like those Mm -hmm. rights will be taken away if you don't contact your Senator. Um, and, and so I'm just like, what would happen in Odyssey? What do you think? If there was a gay nightclub, what would Mr. Whitaker think being like, wait, there's queer people dancing and celebrating and experiencing joy what do you think you would do you try to get it shut down yeah yeah and if that didn't work mm-hmm. if if the city of odyssey wasn't allowed to discriminate based off of sexuality what do you think mr Ridicker would do he would talk about how horrible it is to everybody yeah and he would you know lobby politically he would start to tell everybody in odyssey like look because we haven't been paying enough attention to finding hard enough like the city council now can't even do anything about a gay club like so next time there's a school board election and next time there's local positions like you better sign up mm-hmm. to do it because guess who's taking over our city guess who's going to take away our rights right now they just have a club what if they say i have to hire a gay employee at my bizarre ice cream shop that i also have kids going to time machine sometimes and hear revisionist history like and if and if that all happens like you can just see where it's going to end and then eventually there's but what if for decades and decades he's been telling these kids he's been grooming them as they grow up in his shop being lured by ice cream so he can then tell them about conservative ideology if he told them over and over and over again these people are trying to take away our rights and our rights to be Bible-believing Christians. These people are taking away rights. Like, who's to say what one of those kids is going to do when they're like, wow, the world is not working out as I wanted to, and these rights are not being stripped away in front of me. There is a gay club here. You know, mm-hmm. what are people going to do? I-, I would also say, sorry, did you want to yeah. <laughs> say anything about that Keep. thought experiment? Keep going. I mean, just for people listening, like, I think how you feel about a gay club in general is probably a really good litmus test for whether you're on the right track or not, right? Do you see that as the ultimate expression of like queer joy, you know, queer safety, of resilience, of resisting a culture that wants them eradicated? Like, I view that as such a beautiful space. I've never been in one. I would love to go to one. Um... And I just see it as a beautiful place, and it that's makes the tragedy, you know, even worse. What happened? But like, how do you think conservative people think about a gay club? Just like a beacon. 
Like a den of... A den of iniquity. Uh-huh, yeah. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where terrible, scary things go. And, and even, like, all this rhetoric about trans people, trans women, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I, I, it's... Yeah. It all leads to this viewing them as the ultimate threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, When really, they're just trying to survive. I was thinking today about how... I, I, I was just thinking about how homophobia is so just intrinsic to our nation and to our faith traditions. And so, so much gets interpreted through that, right? Like, we do not think about rich people who, uh, who uh, oppress others, you know, like, in that same way, right? Like, I was thinking about this because I was thinking about the beginning of that season when Mr. Whitaker is talking about pointed nibs, it is cringeworthy, but it also is a picture of him trying to implant disgust, this picture of disgust in, in people's heads around like this is wrong and it carries with it this weight of disgust. And I think that fits with like thinking about like gay nightclub, like that is what has been promoted, and that is something that promotes violence. Yeah, I agree. Disgust, even like unease. Um, you know, again, going back to this Odyssey idea, it's like if you're a conservative, you truly don't know how to live in a pluralistic society, and so you use every tactic available to, you know, stomp out your opposition. And I just think that's so scary. And we are all right to be scared Mm -hmm. of conservative Christians. I mean, Focus on the Family is classified, like, by the Human Rights Watch, right? By the Southern Poverty Law Center, like, as a hate group. And as, I mean, I would go so far as to call it a terrorist organization Mm -hmm. based on how many people have died because of their deadly beliefs and you know the amount of money they raise the amount of political lobbying they do the amount of influence they have their media empire it's it's really insidious and it's not taken seriously in the united states we like to talk about hitler right Mm -hmm. that's like what the behind the bastards podcast talks about it's like we like to talk about certain bad people and Mm -hmm. others we just Mm -hmm. ignore completely right yeah yeah so um So I think the question that I have is if you are in a space where you're straddling between your beliefs and um, being a part of a more conservative community, what do we do? And maybe that's like, well, you said disrupt Thanksgiving. I think that's a great plan. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important that I don't tell people what to do. (laughs) And everybody has varying levels of you know, their intersectionality that they're bringing to these things. And, and I, and I will say like, this is extremely personal to, to us. And, um, but we're not really, I just wish it was, didn't have to be personal, right. For people. And I, and I just want to say, I want you to honor yourself and I want you to honor your desire to love people and to accept them. And if you've been told that you can't love God and take the Bible seriously, and also be 100% in support of all things queer. You know, I just want to tell you, like, 
you were lied to by men who wanted power. Like that's what happened. And this is not historic Christianity. This is a direct result of biblicism and white patriarchal uh, men, you know, wanting to be in power. And, and so I would just say you've got to get in touch with the parts of you that you had to numb or try to get rid of. I know that you want people to live and I know you want people to thrive and I know you don't want to see queer people be used as pawns in a, in a political like takeover. So I would say, please honor yourself, please honor your own autonomy and you need to decide for yourself how you're going to stand up to people in your life who would rather you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And you standing up will be a threat, but it's, it's time. It's time to do this. It's, it's time to never again attend a church that is not a hundred percent affirming. Don't give any organizations, even if they're doing, you know, good things or whatever, don't give them your money. Don't give them your time or attention and call this stuff out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? You were like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> Well, no, but you know I what really, I'm saying? Like, I, I really, no, I really appreciate that. It is, I mean, and it is up to each person to decide, like, how do I want to engage with this, right? And I think that is really so helpful to, to say, yeah, notice that part of you that wants to stand up and say something. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, just paying attention to that part of yourself is going to be so important. Yeah. We'll be back soon talking about Jesus Freak. I know. I feel like we should have like a list of resources and stuff, but we're just two people talking about a tragedy that happened and its connection to violent white evangelical theology. And so, you know, we are experts. We don't have all the answers, but um, it's really personal to us. And it's it's honestly very much like everything we've been trying to do with this podcast is to call out, um, you know, how toxic and how really harmful these these theologies are mm-hmm. well we interviewed jenna dewitt last season mm-hmm. and she has a wonderful list of resources that we will put in the show notes um but yeah. you know just general rule find trans people uh-huh. read their books but find them in real life mm-hmm. and work really hard to protect trans kids mm-hmm. you know that's what i would say too but yeah, we are we are gonna get back to the old Jesus freak mm-hmm. um, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess be on the lookout for that. Thanks everybody um, for your support, and uh, feel free to reach out. We're we're kind of bad at responding to emails, but um, you know, if you need to kind of process some of this stuff, you know, feel free to reach out to us. So. Thanks y'all so much for listening, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>